you for listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now present an encore presentation of Carmelite Conversations. Welcome to Carmelite Conversations here on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm Frances Harry. I'll be hosting tonight my cohort, my dear friend, Mark Danis, is not able to be with us tonight. But I have some surprises for you because I have two special guests. Our topic for this conversation is about homeschooling with the Carmelite saints and we have a lot of connections with that but first as with every program i'd like us to start with prayer and i think this particular prayer is perfect for this conversation it comes from a quote from saint Teresa margaret reddy of the sacred heart a discalced carmelite nun and saint of the order so join with me please in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen Infuse into me, O Jesus, new strength to take up more eagerly the course which will lead me to win the incorruptible crown of sanctity. And since nature opposes what is good, I promise to declare a merciless war against myself. My weapons for the battle will be prayer, the practice of the presence of God, and silence. But, oh, my love, you know that I'm not skilled in handling these arms. Nevertheless, I will arm myself with sovereign confidence in you, with patience, humility, conformity to your divine will, and supreme diligence. But where shall I find the aid I need to fight against so many enemies in such a continual battle? Ah, I know you, my God, Proclaim yourself my captain, and raising the standard of your cross, you lovingly say, Come, follow me, do not fear. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Now I'd like to welcome a guest. I've had this person on um, Carmelite Conversations before. Her name's Colleen Solinger, and she's a member of the Dayton, Ohio, OCDS, Secular Order of Discast Carmelites. She's a homeschooling mom of six children, the oldest being 18, already in college, and the youngest one, just born just a year ago. She has a great interest in teaching children about prayer. So with this great joy, I welcome you back. Colleen, how are you? I am well, thank you. Thank you for having me again. I'm so glad you're coming to talk tonight. You know, you and I have had many conversations about our youth and about um, Carmelite spirituality and about teaching youth about prayer. And um, I've always thought about this, about forming a, a Carmelite youth group someday. And you, of course, have this great interest in teaching your own children with your homeschooling all about the prayer. And I think those two ideas are meeting together. And, and I know you have some great projects in, in mind. So hopefully we can have you share a little bit about that tonight. But anyway, we were sharing some ideas and we were exploring contemplative um, ideas for children. And so it led me to finding this ebook on the internet called Five Lessons from the Carmelite Saints That Will Change Your Life by Connie Rossini. 
And I called you up just the other day and I says, you know, Colleen, I'd like to do a program on this because I like this ebook. And, um, you know, would you talk about it with me? And you suggested to bring the author on. And guess what? Listeners, we have the author going to join us. She's calling in and I'm going to let Colleen, um, would you please introduce, uh, our guest, and then we'll have her come on and join us. Right. This is thrilling for me. This is somebody whose works I've been reading for months now. I found about her, out about her book because I was already a blog reader of hers. Uh, Connie Rossini is a writer from Minnesota who blogs at contemplativehomeschool.com. Um, she's, she and her husband, Dan, are the parents of four children. She is a writer. Again, she blogs at homeschool contemplativehomeschool.com, and um, has published an ebook titled Five Lessons from the Carmelite Saints That Will Change Your Life. And so we want to welcome you, Connie. Are you there? I am. Thank you. Oh, Connie, thank you for joining us tonight. We both love your book. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Well, how about giving our listeners a little bit of your background? Tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into this blogging, this homeschooling, and how you got to this book. A lot of questions there. <laughs> okay, well, um, I've always had three dreams in my life. Um, the first, to be a teacher, second, to be a writer, and third, to be a saint, and not necessarily in that order, but mm-hmm. um, I studied uh elementary education in college, so I have an education degree, and I always thought, or I've thought for several years since before I was married, that I would like to homeschool my own children. Um, and as far as the, uh, the writing goes, I've done, you know, writing uh, various kinds all throughout my life. Um, I've been writing a spirituality column for our uh, local diocesan newspaper for about five or six years. Yeah, what's um, the name of that column? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's called um, um, God Alone Suffices. So uh, I, I love I, that. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we know that quote. That comes from St. Teresa of Avila. <laughs> it sure does. So I do write from a Carmelite perspective there. But it's more, you know, some basic spirituality for the kind of person who would be picking up a diocesan paper and, you know, maybe hasn't done a lot um, in their spiritual life besides daily mass or, you know, uh, weekly mass and, um, you know, uh, maybe doing a little bit of prayer here and there, but not much else. So um, so it's, it's a pretty basic column. But I've been doing that. Um, I wrote... For a few years when we were living in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then um, now that we're back in Minnesota, I've been writing for, this is my third year working on that here. So um, I also became a secular Carmelite back when I was in my 20s, about, that's about 20 years ago, in case you're wondering how old I am. Um, <laughs> and um, that so that was kind of working on the spiritual parts. Um, so I had all these things, the writing and the teaching and the spirituality, kind of as separate parts of my life. I mean, there was some crossover with my column and stuff. But last year, um, just with the different things that were happening in our country and in the state of Minnesota, um, I was just so concerned about our culture that I thought, mm-hmm. I need to do more. And um, so... I thought, you know, God has given me this gift of writing, and uh, maybe he's calling me to use it for him and to 
you know, just spread the gospel a little bit more than I had been doing. So uh, that's how the blog got started. It's combining all those three things together. Um, I'm writing about Carmelite spirituality and also how you can educate your children. So... Well, I have to tell you, I, I found your website by, and, and again, this is contemplativehomeschool.com. I think I was blogging or, or doing a Google search about, um, contemplation, prayer, and youth. And okay. so when I found your website, I was like, oh, yay, this is wonderful. And then I found this ebook, uh, that you have. But before we get to, to about this book, um, share with us, what are the ages of your children? I have four boys. They are 11, 9, 7, and 2. Okay, wonderful. And so you're putting into practice a lot of these things that you're writing about, right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so th- so our listeners can be sure that these are tried and true <laughs> methods here. And I know, Colleen, you have done the same, too. You, you've I put have, this... Yes. And so you've got 18 years under your belt. So, and we got some experts here. So this is wonderful. All right. Well, let's, let's get to, uh, talking about your website. Um, Colleen, you had pulled a quote about what Connie, how she described her website. I, I'd like you to read that and then let's let Connie, uh, give a little bit more, uh, on that comment. Yes. She writes, Unlike many homeschool blogs, Contemplative Homeschool is not so much about daily life in my family as it is about growing in Christ. I believe the best way to keep our kids Catholic and to educate them in the faith is modeling prayer and virtue for them. I write a lot, more than half my posts, about how you can grow closer to Christ. Okay, so Connie, uh, is your website, is this directed for just homeschooling moms, or who's, who's your audience here? Well, when I first started it out, um, and I chose the name Contemplative Homeschool, I was really thinking of it being more education-oriented. But real quickly, within the first few weeks, I realized, you know, I really want to be directing it more towards uh, the adults. I think mm-hmm. that, um, as I said in the quote that Colleen read there, uh, you know, we are, as you know, uh, parents are the first teachers of their children. Yes. And if you don't have a deep spiritual life yourself, there's no way you can teach it to your children. So I really concentrate probably more like 80-20 now, about 80% about how we as adults can grow closer to God, um, following especially the teachings of the Carmelite saints, and then about 20% of how you can implement that in your homeschool, or if you're you know, a parent who sends his... Uh, kids to Catholic school, how you can, you know, help them in the spiritual life outside of school hours. Well, I, I find it so delightful because I, I've been in Carmelites for over 25 years as a secular member of the order of the Discalced Carmelites. And second half of the program uh, about that uh, but I was like you know I think this is geared for a lot of adults <laughs> and I love it I just thank you for doing this because um, we are hungry I think more and more people are hungry to know so we can be assured that anybody who goes to your website um, as an adult they're going to learn for themselves and then that also translates to what they can teach to their children so um, I'd like to get to uh, the ebook 
but uh, I want to address just the title of your website because this is a term, the term contemplative, that sometimes in some ways gets messed up. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, in fact, I um, frequently I frequently will have people who will um, misunderstand what I'm talking about when I say contemplation. Uh, people who come from a Buddhist background or something like that will have a completely different idea of what it means to be contemplative than what we um, know it to be as Carmelites. So. And, and, you know, there is a sense that um, everybody can experience a contemplative sense, a quietness, a stillness, but in the sense of a life where we're not trying to get rid of of God, we're we're trying to be filled with God. So we're trying to get rid of the world, <laughs> empty mm-hmm. empty of self and fill with God. <laughs> so uh, there's nothing, there's no new age, no funny business here. This is all uh, really good, and so there's a lot of peace, and it's about the prayer. So I, I just kind of wanted to put the that the emphasis is growing in this Christ love, right? Am I yes. am I right? Yes. And, and okay. You know, so. Go ahead. Yeah, one of the first have- posts that I did actually was um, answering the question, what is contemplation? And mm-hmm. there's, you know, there's, uh, I did the post in two parts because there's really two parts to that. There's a natural contemplation, which anybody can and does experience in their daily lives. And then there's supernatural contemplation, which is, uh, you know, an act of God on your life that you really can't produce yourself. Right, and and to get our listeners to understand this, uh, examples of maybe the natural would be like you're looking at the sunset, mm-hmm. and it's going down, and you know it's beautiful, and you're feeling peaceful, and you know you, thoughts are going through your head, and sometimes that's a great motivator to get into prayer, a conversation with God, and then the supernatural gift of contemplation, of course, is is one that we only prepare ourselves for. Uh, through through natural methods, but is a gift that is given by God. And um, we have talked about that on Carmelite Conversations, so if you want to go to our archives, you can find that. But now I want to get into the ebook, and then the second half of the program we'll talk more about your website. But I want to get to your ebook because that's what first caught my eye when I first learned about your website. Five Lessons from the Carmelite Saints That Will Change Your Life. So that title immediately says, okay, what five lessons does she have? <laughs> Colleen, tell us uh, how you discovered Connie's ebook and uh, you know um, what you thought. Right. Um, well, I knew of it because I follow her blog. So much of what Connie writes, um, it resonates with me because I too would like to share my ideas with others about children and prayer. Um, first and foremost, though, before we can share with with children, parents and teachers, anybody who's involved with children, they need to have a solid prayer life before we can guide children. Yes. Um, Mark Danis, the co-host of this show, said recently in one of our things with our community that prayer isn't something you can teach so much, you know, step one, step two, step three, but that it's something that needs to be experienced. Now, the I, I saw in Connie is somebody like myself who would like to share theories on how to set up the prayer experience for children. Yes. But first, you know, you have to look at what adults can do with their own prayer life. Yes, indeed. And so, when you saw this book ebook on her website, what was your first reaction? Well, the first reaction was that 
it reminded me of other things that I had read before I came to Carmel, setting up a good basis for a good life as a Catholic. Um, blessed John Henry Newman had, uh, should I? Yeah, go ahead. Read? Go ahead and he tell wrote us this a quote. in Meditations and Devotions. If you ask me what you are to do in order to be perfect, I say, first, do not lie in bed beyond the due time of rising. Give your first thoughts to God. Make a good visit to the Blessed Sacrament. Say the Angelus devoutly. Eat and drink to God's glory. Say the rosary well. Be recollected. Keep out bad thoughts. Make your evening meditation well. Examine yourself daily. Go to bed in good time, and you are already perfect. <laughs> perfect. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what was um, especially important to me a number of years ago, I'd say probably a dozen years ago, was something I found online by Father John McCloskey, where he wrote about the seven daily habits of holy apostolic people. And it was a list very much like this one of Blessed John Newman, uh, making a morning offering, practicing silent prayer, doing spiritual reading, participating in daily mass if possible, praying the Angelus or Regina Chaley, depending upon the season, daily rosary, examination of conscience at the end of the day. So when I came to this five lessons... <laughs> I saw all these guidelines here matched up with the philosophies of Carmelite saints. How about that? <laughs> and then you came to Carmel. <laughs> we love that. And so, you know, you were very excited about this book, and, and so am I. So, uh, Connie, I would like to ask you, what motivated you to write this book? And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. Well, it really began uh, last December. I was reading a book by... Um, Father Jacques Philippe called The Way of Oh, love that love. man. <laughs> yes. If you haven't read Father Jacques Philippe, uh, you'll love him, anybody who is interested in the spiritual life. Um, yes, we highly recommend him. <laughs> the Way of Trust and Love is a, a series of retreats that he gave on the spirituality of St. Therese. And I had been really stuck in a rut in my spiritual life for like 10 or 15 years. I mean, you know, where I got so far... And I just felt like I was spinning my wheels. And I bet a lot of, a sudden, of people can relate to that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm sure. All of a sudden, something he uh, wrote in that book about trust just struck me so hard. I was like, this is what I need to do to advance. I need to trust God. And literally, mm. it changed my life. So, wow. you know, I was thinking back to when I first became a Carmelite, and I had had a similar experience with St. Teresa's teaching about prayer, um, mm -hmm. because I was kind of wishy-washy in my prayer life, you know, um, pray sometimes, not pray other times. And as a Carmelite, I really learned the necessity of daily mental prayer. And that changed my life, you know, way back 20, 25 years ago. And it's still, you know, my life was changed forever. I'm still practicing mental prayer daily. And that's like, one of the main focuses of my life. So I looked at these yes. two things and I said, you know, if these two things are changing my life, other people need to know them too. And I decided to look at um, some other teachings of the Carmelite saints and see, okay, what are some other um, statements that they have made or lessons that we can take from them that might be really eye-opening for other people who are trying to grow in their faith. Wonderful. And so what, 
why I was surprised to find it on your contemplative homeschool site. So you actually began your homeschool site first and then wrote the book, and so then you decided to put your book on that because you already had a, a, a following there, or you know how did that happen? Yeah, um, the blog came first. But not okay. well. Let's see. I started the blog last just a, just a year ago, and then I uh, wrote the book last spring. So, um, as I said, uh, the blog is really more. You know, it's more now Carmelite spirituality rather than homeschool so much. But right. Um, also, I believe um, really a lot in modeling. And um, again, you know, we've talked about already how. We need to have a prayer life before we can teach it to our children. Um, I also think that as homeschool parents have a really um, an advantage in that we already, in so many of our ways, we um, we blur the distinction between school and life. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want we shouldn't have our kids think of religion as being a subject in school. But Good point. Something, you know, it, it, you d- no kid is going to come home from school and say, oh, I want to do phonics now. You know, that's something you do in school. It's not, it doesn't have much to do with your life. And we don't want our kids to think that way about prayer. We don't want them to think that way about the, uh, the spiritual life. So, um, but getting back to uh, the book a little bit, I, the, the five lessons are pretty simple. And they can be adapted towards children. In fact, I'm hoping that sometime in the future um, I'll write some lesson plans for different age groups that you can implement these with your, with your children. But yeah, before, I'm all for that. <laughs> okay. Before you can do that, you got to be practicing them yourself. So yes, that's kind of you know. And my my website has kind of become the jumping off point for you know different kinds of writing that I plan to do. So. Well, I have to recommend everybody go to that website and download her book. I, I think we can download it for free, or you can go to yeah. Amazon.com and download it for a dollar or something like that, right? Yeah, it's actually it's actually free on Amazon now, so everywhere oh, okay. is free. Um, the easiest way is from my blog. I have a page with links to all the different digital formats. So. All right, and that website, again, is www.contemplativehomeschool.com. And so... You picked Carmelite saints, and I, I, is this because you have this love of Carmel and you were specifically focusing on prayer? Is that why you picked the Carmelite saints, or, or you know, what, what, what was the connection with the Carmelites in particular? Because lots of saints speak about prayer. Was this just these were the ones that affected you, and so um, when you saw these life-changing events, you reflected on what these Carmelites had shown you. That was definitely part of it. I mean, for, you know, the trust, it was really St. Ther- Therese who spoke to me. Um, for prayer, it was really St. Teresa of Avila who spoke to me. Um, but I think that those two saints uh, teach those lessons in a particular way that people are really drawn to. Um, one of the other lessons is about detachment, and of course that's what St. John of the Cross is known for. So, yeah. yeah, the five lessons, I mean, any good spiritual director or um, spiritual writer will also talk about these five things. It's not like some big secret that the mm-hmm. Carmelite saints have, but I think <laughs> they, you know, 
we have so many writings from the Carmelite saints, and they are very popular, too. So um, by using the Carmelite saints, it opens up, you know, new avenues for people to to perk up and listen, because everybody loves St. Therese, for example. So, um, Oh, yes. I guess it was a combination of those things. All right. So I, a little bit of that format of, of the book, I, I went in and read it myself. And, you know, you, you have a, a little bit of a narrative there. And then you've got some questions. So I love questions because that helps us grow in self-knowledge, which St. Teresa of Avila was so good at. And then you've got a Carmelite quote that, you know, reflects, you know, uh, the topic. And then I love this. You, you go ahead and list some what to do's. So I hope I'm whetting everybody's appetite out there to go find this ebook. Um, what to do and then to read more. And then you've put some uh, connections on where they can read more about the thing. So I just love this format. And I just thank you for making this ebook available to us. And I see that we are coming up to our break. So we're going to break for five minutes. And we're going to come back. Um, when we come back, we'll uh, focus on uh, how to teach children prayer. And, and the contemplative life, because uh, it, it's not just prayer, but it's this whole way of life, a contemplative life. And I know Colleen has a lot of suggestions in that area as well. So um, we're, we thank you, uh, Connie, and we're going to take a five-minute break, and then we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you're currently listening to is a rebroadcast of Carmelite Conversations. Welcome back. So, um, if you go to Connie Rosini's website, contemplativehomeschool.com, you will find many articles. So, uh, I, Connie, I'm going to read a few of your uh, titles recently. You said, Why Should You Pray? Seven Ways to Make Time for Prayer. Teach Your Children Mental Prayer. Tell us a little bit about these without you know, going into the articles in depth. Just give us a little a highlight here. Sure. Why Should You Pray is uh, kind of for those who are just, beginning in the spiritual life, um, you're not going to make time to pray every day if you don't recognize how important it is. Prayer takes sacrifice, so I think that's the place to start, is to realize how important it is for your spiritual life. Um, Seven ways to make time for prayer then takes off from that and gives some practical suggestions for people in, you know, different situations, and many of those um, are from my own life. Uh, ways that you can find time to pray when you feel like, I'm really too busy to pray. Um, And then thirdly, the one you mentioned about teaching your children mental prayer is um, a post that's helping you implement um, in your life um, teaching your children to to do Christian meditation is basically what it is. So um, it kind of gives in detail what I do daily in my homeschool. And we know that any good meditation, um, I mean, it can come from vocal prayer when, when we're saying, when we're praying. Well, I, I don't like to say saying prayers, but praying our prayers because it gives it more attention there. You know, we need to have that loving attention when we pray. So when we pray our prayers, say we take a vocal prayer like the Our Father, if we can, you know, really, uh, get into it and and really think of like Jesus says know who you're speaking to and what you are saying and who you are before the Lord I mean these are all wonderful things so um I want to ask uh Colleen um Colleen you've got children from 18 to 1 all right how are you teaching your children this contemplative life um there're different ways that I could talk about this um one thing that I'd love to get out there someday in the blogosphere okay, is certain activities that I have done where different ways, perhaps, that you can look at praying at the rosary that might appeal to different types of people. Um, but rather than go into detail tonight, I'll just talk about more generalities. 
we'll do something called quiet time where everybody gets to choose what it is they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Somebody might choose the scriptures and then they'll they'll just go off and that'll be their thing or somebody else can do a saint biography um for a younger one i let them listen to uh a book on tape you know something that is whatever we have around whether it's a again a saint biography or some aspect of church teaching and then that's that's what we do if everybody chooses what appeals to them most i figure you know let the child Go with that because that is how they are going to connect with God. Well, I think this is really important that you're you're bringing this up because we don't all pray the same way. Exactly. And so it's important in homeschooling or, you know, just a parent to your children to model different kinds of prayer for them so that they can learn them. And then also, uh, you know, as a parent or teacher, to be able to point out, you know, well, you're more of a visual person. Exactly. Uh, maybe looking at a picture. I know St. Teresa of Avila always did this. She brought a, a picture and would look at that picture. And so you would have a point Especially that. for younger ones who can't sit still perhaps for 15, 20, 30 minutes with a story. Coloring books. You know, how many Catholic coloring books are there out there? Uh, maybe a child who wants to, you, you give them something that you've been discussing or something from the daily gospel and have them draw that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you don't know what's going on in a child's mind while they're drawing a picture of something that they were reading from the gospel. I think that's how children become contemplative. Well, you bring up a childhood memory to me right now as I remember doodling. And you know, some of my best contemplative time as a youth was when I was doodling. I agree. <laughs> so, all right, Connie, can you give us some uh, little suggestions here about what's worked with your children? Well, I um, actually create guided meditations for my children. So, okay, explain uh, what that means, because not everybody's going to know what a guided my- meditation is. Uh, okay, um, we read together a passage of scripture. Usually, we since we're dealing with kids, we always read stories. So we'll take a children's Bible, and we'll read a story from the Bible. Um, like, for example, we'll read the story of Joseph in Egypt. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes before I do this, I'll actually use that in my own prayer time and see what kind of um, speaks to me in that passage in my own prayer time. Then I'll read it with my kids, we'll discuss it, and um, I do some activities with it because I'm homeschooling. I you know, try to connect all the different subject areas into our scripture study somehow. And then Can you kind of elaborate on that just a little bit? I'm going to ask sure. you to kind of specify. Okay. Well, for example, um, when we did uh, Joseph and the Coat of Many Colors, one of the themes that was obvious in there was about we could talk about patterns because he's got this patterned coat. So then we talked about in language arts, we looked at rhyme schemes. How can you, what's the pattern of the rhymes? Um, In math, you can look at like a series of numbers and say, okay, can you figure out what number comes next in the series? So you're looking at the, the pattern in math. Um, mm. You can use science, uh, look at patterns that you see in nature, like, you know, the stripes on a zebra or the patterns on a leaf. Um, and so I try to, as much as I can, bring the different subjects right into our Bible study. Um, and in that way, I, I'm trying to help my kids to see Jesus everywhere. So he's, you know, the gospel is relevant 
to every single area of our life and every area of our homeschool. Amazing. So then um, this, that particular, um, that particular unit, we also were able to see that Joseph himself was a pattern of Christ. And by looking at Joseph as a pattern of Christ, we began to see how the Old Testament foretold the New Testament and get into that a little bit. Typology is what they call that. Um, So give that start teaching that to my children at a very basic level. And then that's brilliant because. Go I was going to say, you know, typology, if you were to say, I, I, yeah, I sit down and tell my six-year-old that, but you actually did, and it works on a level that the six-year-old can understand. That's fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, I just learned that word not long ago, typology, and what that was, and I'm like, well, yeah, I understand that. I've been, I've been reading about that, but I, I have to ask you, how long does it take to put all this together? This is amazing. I have to be honest. It's a lot of work, you know, and this year I have one who is preparing for the sacraments, so I haven't been doing the units quite as much. But you can skip, you know, I mean, if somebody's not homeschooling or they want to do something a little more simple, you know, you don't have to connect it to all the different subjects. But, you know, think of maybe one or two activities you can do with the Bible passage, you know, that somehow is connected to it, because that helps to make it concrete. And then afterwards, you know, then we go into... Um, when I have a guided meditation with them, they're already really intimately familiar with the story. So you don't mm-hmm. have to explain it while we're praying. They know exactly what I'm talking about. So um, I- I've got here, like, uh, the story of Joseph in Egypt. What I did is, you know, I just tell them we make the sign of the cross, and I say, close your eyes, and I describe to them what happened when jo- Joseph was a prisoner in Egypt. And one of the themes we were working with is being faithful in little things, and God will give you greater things to take care of, and that's what happened to Joseph in the Old Testament. So mm-hmm. they imagine themselves as, as Joseph um, in prison and then being faithful there in the prison to listening to God's voice. And then after that, I let them just, you know, we'd pause for a couple minutes, and they just in quiet imagine the scene. And then I bring it down to something specific that relates to our lives. And since I know my own children well, I know the kind of situations that they will come up against. So, you know, at the time we were doing this particular unit, we were getting ready to move. And it was really important to keep the house clean because at any moment people could come and view the house. So, you know, um, I said, now imagine that you've got, you know, a chore to do. You want to do your very best. You know, and I always, in this meditation where we bring it down to the concrete, I always present my kids with a choice and have imagining themselves choosing to do the good. And this uh-huh. reinforces, you know, I would never ima- have them imagine that they sinned. You know, it reinforces that they are doing God's will. And then they take a couple of minutes again, I pause and let them just think about it in silence. And then... I will say a prayer that I've composed to kind of tie it all together. You know, I say, thank you for the rewards you give to people who are faithful to you, and they repeat that. And then, um, dear God, please give me the opportunities to do great things so I can grow to be a strong Christian leader, and they repeat that. You know, so um, I do maybe five sentences that they repeat, and then... You know, and then um, we all make the sign of the cross, and that's the end. And that's how we bring all the unit study together. Um, so it's become a really um, contemplative 
and this is, you know, why it's a contemplative homeschool, because this becomes really the focus of our school then is geared toward prayer and um, not just towards our schoolwork. Right. So you're, you're really keeping God at the center of your life and everything is, that you do in life is connected with God, which is the way it is. <laughs> so. Yes. And so, Colleen, you have gone to Connie's website and, and seeing a few of these lesson plans. Can, can you maybe share an experience of, of something that has helped in, with your uh, children? Yes, I would say mostly just by inspiring me to be a little bit more focused, because I'll be honest, we don't do this every day. And so when I see this, it's, it's like another mother out there reminding me that this is what I need to be doing. And so... I would say it's it's inspirational for me in that manner. Well, and you know when when people can share what they're doing, you know, say you get twenty people who are doing this, and they're all sharing their plans, and then they all share them together, then everybody can benefit from everybody else's work, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can just kind of touch up the wheel here and there. Uh, but, you know, we do this in in our lives as an adults, too. I mean, I'm in a group, in a small Christian community group that, um, you know, we read the uh, scripture passages that are going to be uh, proclaimed at the Mass at the next uh, Sunday. And we talk about, we proclaim it, and then we stay in silence. I love this sacred silence, by the way. This is so part of contemplative nature here. And then we say, you know, what in that passage has spoken to us? You know, what word struck us? What idea? Or, you know, what question came up? And then uh, we'll talk about it, you know, we'll discuss it. And then we'll kind of come with a prayer at the end, and then you know, for me, I I make a personal resolution after that. You know, how is this going to change me? Where is God challenging me to look at something in my life or change something in my life? But um, anyway, uh, Colleen, share a little bit more about teaching prayer because you've got them from very young to up to eighteen now. How how what's working for you? Well, um, I would say as far as the guided meditations go. One thing that you have in your favor with small children is they love to use their imagination. Now, of course, my two-year-old is not doing, you know, the meditations with us, but he'll sit there and listen. You know, in homeschool, that's the great thing is that everybody's listening in on everyone else's uh, lessons. So he is picking up a little bit of it like that. Um, Uh Colleen talked a little bit about, like, using pictures and I'm a big visual person. I love beauty. And so sometimes we will just, you know, just look at a picture and um, take that, you know, um, let's say we've got a picture of Martha and Mary, you know, and Mary at Jesus' feet. And what can we learn from that? And as your kids get older, too, you can start um, encouraging them a little bit to start making their own meditations. Um, I'm really just starting with that with my 11-year-old, but the 7-year-old and the 9-year-old are pretty much still in the mode where they need me to help them every step of the way, you know, to Mm -hmm. to be the example and to make it concrete. Um, But um, we also, one thing that we have done is, since we don't have a school bell, we have tried um, using kind of a monastery bell, not a literal bell, but in between each subject, we'll say a little prayer. And the prayer that um, we've been saying uh, is um, from the Liturgy of the Hours, and it is, My heart is ready, O God, 
my heart is ready. We mm, say that like at the it. end of our morning prayer and then in between each of our subjects and it, to help my kids, okay, refocus, this school is all about Christ, and I have to have an open heart in order to learn, to learn my lessons and an open heart in order to do God's will in my life. And it's just kind and, of a... You know, a we- we can do that as adults, too. We can come up with a little scripture passage for the day or the week and every hour on the hour or every time we have a break at work or, you know, we go from lunch to, to work to home to, you know, we can make these occasions for us, too, because the, these scripture passages teach all of us. <laughs> the divine words always inspiring. So now let me get a little bit of feedback from uh, Colleen Solinger. What what? Uh, can tell us a little bit more with your children. What, what's working uh, about this prayer, teaching different methods of prayer and the contemplative life? I, I think that a big part of it is just creating a Catholic culture in the home. Oh, yes. And that would be um, even, you know, what Connie would say, where it all spills over into every other thing. Um, and you don't have to be homeschooling this way in that, you know, what's going on in current events or, you know, just a, a movie that you've all watched or a book that somebody's reading reading, um, certainly what you're studying, because Catholicism is truth and beauty, it's it's absolutely everywhere. And so when you're, you're teaching about church teaching in this way, just through as you go throughout everyday life, and then you're also teaching them their basic prayers or how to do the rosary or to do evening prayer with you or whatever it is, then the idea is then just that, that that's going to flow from all that. And that is where the contemplative prayer will come in because you have all of this that you've created with your Catholic culture in your home and and that's so beautiful because <laughs> you know I, I know one of the Carmelite friars I can't remember who said it but they said life is prayer and prayer is life mm-hmm. and I'm like oh you know I had to take that phrase and just ponder it a while and you know how we always say in Carmel meditate on the law of the Lord day and night from the rule of St. Albert um, you know we can take a phrase and just ponder it and I'm like life is prayer and prayer is life how true because in the moments of our day you know look to God for help look to god to say thank you and i know at, a, at, a, at our local catholic school in between their subjects they will stop and they will say a prayer and they have a little logo um it's in latin about all for the glory of god and i just love that they do that you know uh, because we need to have grounding points things to remind us to get back to get focused because man our life in the world is a constant pull to be distracted. And so we can all benefit from these opportunities to to get focus and to see God in the daily events of our life. So, um, Connie, I want to ask you, uh, you've done all these things with homeschooling about this contemplative life. What What is the feedback from your children? Well, you know, my kids are normal kids, so I don't want people to think that we're running a monastery here. You know, I mean, I've got, there's not a lot of silence and there's not a lot of solitude when you've got four little boys in the house. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. <laughs> However, you know, and some things, I mean, some things they don't like. Um, it's kind of ironic. We do narrations of the Bible. So this is a, a method a lot of homeschoolers use where I will read the Bible story and then they're supposed to narrate it back to me. And in uh-huh. order to get a really good narration, telling the story back, they have to really concentrate, and they don't like it. They resist it every time. But the ironic thing is, 
now all three of them are on their own writing their own translation of the Bible with pictures, which is really, it, they don't realize, and I'm not going to tell them, that they're doing <laughs> the same thing. So it is working, um, even though they're resistant to it, you know, when we're supposed to be doing it in class. And I think you're creating little writers there, too, authors. <laughs> yeah, I might be. How about that? <laughs> well, it's good when we can process it, you know, and when you can write it, you've, you've had to process it, uh, more than if you just spoke it, I think. I think actually writing it, uh, commits it so that visual, seeing it visually, uh, well, I guess I'm, because I'm a visual person though, but I guess somebody that's auditory, it would be <laughs> the other way around, but, um, that's wonderful. So now, um, Colleen, what about your children? How do they respond to all of this? I would say the same thing. You know, it's a very noisy house, and um, my children aren't saints yet, and until they get to that point, I guess we won't know how the whole thing is unfolded, <laughs> but um, they do seem to like quiet time. You know, they, they will go off, and I suppose they're ready when it's when it's over with to move on to whatever noisy yeah. thing they were going to do. <laughs> I know um, for my husband and I, we have two children, and when they were younger, um, when we would do the meal prayer, we would start adding intentions and intercessions for people who were sick. And so my husband and I would, would you know, start that off. And um, then we'd ask our kids to ask, you know, pray to a certain saint, you know, which saint do you want to ask for special help? And so they start naming the saints. Now they're in the habit of naming the same three all over and over. I'm like, man, these are going to be stalwart soldiers in the faith helping my children, these saints that they call on day after day. Um, But the point was, is that um, they are learning how to do more of a spontaneous prayer. Uh, My daughter's more quiet, but, but she's very deep. And my, my son is more verbal and, but he's, he's got this deep tune. I'm like, well, thank you, God, for giving me some insight, you know, into them that, you know, they're getting this. Cause that's my prayer. Oh, Lord, let, help us get it. You know, we want to get it. We want to get you and we want to grow in our love for you, but we have to grow in our knowledge uh, of God. We have to grow in our knowledge <clears throat> because we, we need to know who we love. And so uh, there is a lot of intellectual work that can be done. And even as adults, we need to keep learning. But that that intellectual thing needs to give way to the effective or to the the love, you know. And I know a priest um, who said, you know, there's there's very little true love in the world. There's, you know, usually a lot of self in people's love. And I thought, I'm like, oh, you know, that's so true. But it reminded me of St. John of the Cross and him saying one ounce of pure love is worth more than all these other activities. And, you know, I don't remember the exact quote, but I thought, oh, that ounce of pure love. I'm praying for this ounce of pure love. So, well, we are coming to the end of our hour. And I am just so happy, uh, Connie, that you have joined us for this Carmelite conversation. I'm hoping that you'll come back. Do you think you'd be willing to come back and talk with us again? I would love to. Thank you. I think you're working on a book with Therese, right? I am, yes. Um, going back to that, you know, my first inspiration was about uh, trust. So, yes, I'm working on a book called Trusting God with St. Therese, how uh, St. Therese is showing me how I can trust God in all the different areas of my life. 
Well, so, maybe we can have you back and you can tell us uh, some how that's working out. We, we, we sure appreciate all you've shared tonight, and I'm thanking you for your website, which I, I'm, I'm one of your followers now. <laughs> and I, So I thank you for all your work that you do on that, and I'm sharing it with others, too. And Colleen, I want to thank you for, again, coming on to Carmelite uh, Conversations and being a guest. Uh, it's always a joy to have you. Thank you um, for the invitation. Yeah, you're such a joy, and... And I th- I'm so glad you, you recommended bringing Connie on. So uh, I really thank both of you for coming on. And, um, you know, sometimes our, P- our uh, listeners have some questions. So, you know, if you uh, weren't able to call in and wanted to, you can always get questions. Uh, Put your question, post it on our uh, Facebook, which is Carmelite Conversations. Or you can email us at um Carmelite.conversations at yahoo.com. That is our email. But you have to have a capital C for Carmelite. So Carmelite.conversations at yahoo.com. So anyway, um, again, thank you, ladies, so much for being with me tonight. What a blessing both of you have been. Next week, um, we're going to be talking about Advent and preparing for the infant Jesus. So, yes, Advent is going to begin next Sunday. So I hope you'll join us. And um, we do have some archived programs. I think we're almost at our three-year point. I believe we started in February three years ago. Um, so there are a lot of programs archived if any of you want to go there. Um, I do have a closing prayer for tonight. And so this comes from a, one of my favorite books, and I know um, these ladies probably know it. It's Divine Intimacy, and it's by Father Gabriel of St. Mary Magdalene. Um, he's a Carmelite friar, and I just thought that this was a very appropriate prayer to close with. So please join me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my Lord, I will no longer resist your invitation. May today sound for me the decisive hour of a response filled with generosity and perseverance. You call me. Here I am. I come to your vineyard, O Lord. But if you are not with me to sustain me in my work, I shall accomplish nothing. O you who invite me, help me to do what you ask of me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, God bless you. We hope you'll be with us next week for Carmelite Conversations on Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. Good night. Listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Carmelite Conversations.